See, we think if God takes us through a process that he ain't good. If God is teaching us something that we that he's not good. No, he's good all the time. But there's some lessons we need to learn. There's some things that he has to teach us. And sometimes it go, means going through a trial, going through a test. Hallelujah. Don't think that because you go through a test that God is not good. Don't think because you go through a test that God is not with you. Even this test we're going through now in our world, God is still with us. He, he says, Lord, I'll be with you to the end of time. And we're still in time. I mean, he's still with us. Manifested Glory Worship Center. Kingdom focused, kingdom minded, kingdom living. This is the Rhema Talk podcast. And you're listening to Pastor Damon C. Johnson, founder and senior pastor of Manifested Glory Worship Center. But if you have your Bible, turn me to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 3. Very popular scripture. Very popular scripture to talk about faith. Daniel chapter 3. Verses 16 through 18. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation today because I like the way they put it in plain English for me, okay? Daniel chapter 3, verse 16 through 18. When you get it, please say, I got it. Type it in so I know that you have it. Amen. If you're still turning, say, hold up. Amen. Hallelujah. If you get to Ezekiel, you're real close. If you get to Hosea, you've gone too far. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. From the New Living Translation, the Bible reads this way. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us, and he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want you to make this clear to you, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue you have set up. Let's stop right there. Our, our time together, my message title for our time together today is Faith While Facing Your Furnace. Faith While Facing Your Furnace. People of God, we live in a feel-good society and culture. We live in a culture where people will do whatever feels good to them, even if it ain't good for them. I know that's not good English, but we will. Even if it's not good for us, we still will do it because it feels good to us. And, and we're willing to do whatever it takes so we can feel good. And, 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 and this mindset has made its way into the church, and now we need, in order for us to operate, we need feel-good faith. Feel-good faith. And people will, will, will say that, when I feel good, I'll go to church. When I feel good, I'll participate. When I feel good, I'll sow. And so, people of God, we have to, we have to understand that we live in a feel-good society with feel-good faith. Not everybody, but some of the saints. Amen. Let me set up our text. Our text is found in the book of Daniel. Now, let me give you the backdrop. So, Daniel is... Is, 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 is a, uh, a prophet but we know that what happened before this was that Daniel uh, and the children of Israel was, was captive, was, was captured by the Babylonian Empire and brought out of, out of their land into captivity into Babylon. The king of the time was, a name, was named was, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now understand what Nebuchadnezzar did. He took he took some of the noble folk, the, listen, the young men. I ain't got time to deal with that. But he took the young men um, from the royal families and from the noble families and put them in his court. He wanted to use their wisdom in his own court. Okay? 
And so one day, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm in chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar um, had a dream. And his dream troubled him, and he could not understand the dream. So he, because he was a Babylonian king, he had all these wizards around him and astrologers and, and, and sorcerers and, and enchanters. He had all of them around him. So he gathered them together and said, now this is how he set them up, people of God. He didn't say interpret my dream. He says, tell me my dream and interpret it. Okay? He says, tell me what my dream was and interpret it. So they said, listen, um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, if you just tell us your dream, we can interpret it. He said, no, 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 no. I want you to tell me my dream and interpret it. They went back and forth. They went back and forth with this. And, and so what happened was Nebuchadnezzar got so infuriated, he says, I'm going to kill all the wise men in Babylon. Now, you have to understand, this included Daniel and his three friends. You have to understand, Daniel, Shadrach, and Meshach, and Abednego, they were, first of all, that was their Hebrew names. I mean, not their Hebrew names, their Babylonian names. And so, so they, they, were, they were Daniel's friends, and so they were going to be killed too. So when, when they came to kill them, Daniel said, give me some time. Give me some time. Let me petition heaven. And so Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they petitioned heaven, and they began to call on God. And sure enough, God showed up and gave Daniel the revelation that night. The next day, the next day, um, uh, he said, look, Nebuchadnezzar, I found out what's going on here. This was your dream. And Nebuchadnezzar had a dream about this statue of, that had different parts of it. And, 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 and it had a gold head, and it had silver, and it had iron, and it had brass. It had all these different parts. And not only did Daniel be able to tell him the dream, but he was able to interpret it. He says, Nebuchadnezzar, the dream you saw was your kingdom was the head, the Babylonian kingdom. And these, five, these four kingdoms that will follow it. And it taught all the different kingdoms. And I ain't got time to get that. You had the, the Greeks. You had the Persians. You had the Romans. And, and, and so I don't have time to break that down. Maybe I'll do that another time. But he was able to not only tell Nebuchadnezzar his dream, but interpret it. So you understand? So he put Daniel in a high position in his kingdom. And then Daniel looked out for his boys. Daniel said, well, look, you can't forget my friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they all got promoted. Can you imagine being promoted? You are a slave, and now you're being promoted to a, it sounds like Joseph's story almost. Now you're being promoted over people who have been there for a long time. See, that's the type of God we serve. Amen. I know, I know people was there before you, but God will put you up front. Amen. When you ain't supposed to be up front. Hallelujah. He'll promote you when, when nobody else thinks you should be promoted. That's the type of God that we serve. So then this is the next thing. Now we're in chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar decided, I am going to create a statue, a 90-foot tall, 9-foot wide statue that I'm going to make everybody, make a decree that everyone in this land, no matter your race, your culture, or your background, whenever you hear the music, the music will be played, whenever you hear the music, you shall worship, bow down, and worship the statue. And that was a decree laid out. And if you don't do it, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. And so he put this out. Now you understand, the Hebrew boys said, no, we serve the God of Israel. We're not bowing down to anybody else's God. And so what happened was when it was time to pray, the music played and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down. So all the other leaders, the governors and all those who were hating on these three boys because they were in position and they weren't supposed to be in position according to their, uh, uh, their thinking, they told the king, yeah, the ones you promoted, the ones that you put up front, they're not even listening to you. They're not even following your rules. Matter of fact, they, they're not even going to bow down to what you say they're supposed to bow down to. So Nebuchadnezzar said, bring them before me. I'm going to give them one more shot. 
going to give them one more chance to see if they're going to bow down. And now we find ourselves in our text. Nebuchadnezzar gave them a chance to do it, and in our text we see what they replies. I'm going to read our text again. Starting in verse 16 in Daniel chapter 3, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Let's do what they said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve, listen, is able to save us. And he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. Here's the part. But even if he doesn't, we want to make this clear to you, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Amen. These boys had a very, they're not going on how they feel. They're going on their faith. Hallelujah. They're standing, because I'm pretty sure standing in front of a king and standing in front of a furnace, it's not going to make them feel good. And so they wasn't concerned about their feelings. See, people of God, they had up in their mind, and they knew for a fact that they believed in a God that will deliver them, that God will supply all their needs, that God will protect them, and he will heal them. These boys are standing in front of a furnace, and this was their confession. They wasn't scared of Nebuchadnezzar or his furnace. Let me ask you a question. What comes out of your mouth when you're standing in front of your furnace? See, your furnace is whatever is, is trying to destroy you. Your furnace is whatever is trying to get you from what God has for you or trying to stifle you. What do you say? What is your confession in front of your furnace? See, I realize, people, God, if our hearts are not turned towards God, see, this is what the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if my heart is not turned towards God and if my heart is not full of faith, then faith won't come out of my mouth. See, in order for faith to come out of my mouth, my heart needs to be full of faith. And so understand that these boys are standing in front of potentially their death, and yet they're still speaking faith because their hearts were filled with faith. But they take it a step further. Not only were they confident in their God's ability, they knew what God can do, and they know what God will do. But look at verse 18 again. They said, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, does it? They took it a step further. People of God, listen, they had even if faith. Look this, if even if faith is one side of the coin, the opposite of that is only if faith. Only if faith. Understand what that means. That is faith with contingencies. God, I'll serve you as long as you're doing this and doing that. You know, so, so, so here, here's the thing we say in church all the time. I know y'all can say it in your sleep. We'll say God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Sometimes that has become a cliche, even though it's very true. It has become a cliche in church. But the problem is we have, we have confused God being good with God taking us through process. See, we think if God takes us through a process that he ain't good. If God is teaching us something that, we, that he's not good, no, he's good all the time. But there's some lessons we need to learn. There's some things that he has to teach us, and sometimes it goes, means going through a trial or going through a test. Hallelujah. Don't think that because you go through a test that God is not good. Don't think because you go through a test that God is not with you. Even this test we're going through now in our world, God is still with us. He, he says, Lord, I'll be with you to the end of time. And we're still in time. I mean, he's still with us. Hallelujah. So you have to understand, just because you're going through something, we should not have conditional faith. Conditional faith. Can I give you an example of conditional faith in the Bible? Turn with me to Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Exodus chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. This text makes me up. 
Look what it says here. Again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Then the whole congregation of Israel set out to Elam and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elam and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There, too, the whole congregation of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they mourned. They moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Let me, people of God, let me give you the story. Israel has been in captivity as slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. 400 years of hard labor. I mean, they were taught tasked to make bricks out of, out of straw, and then they gave them less straw and still had the same demand of bricks. Hard labor. Hard labor. God comes in, he raises up Moses and says, Moses, you're going to deliver my people out of the hands of Pharaoh. Moses comes. We know Pharaoh's heart was hard, and God sent plagues. We, we don't need to go through all the plagues. The tenth plague was the angel of death was going to come to every household unless you had the blood of the lamb over your doorpost. And so they, they end up, the deaf angel came. Pharaoh said, man, y'all get out of here. They left. Now, let's understand, they're slaves. They're leaving Egypt. Two and a half million people are leaving Egypt with wealth, with linen and gold and silver and cattle. They're leaving there with the wealth of Egypt. So now Pharaoh's hearts change. He said, I'm going back to get them and my stuff. So he had, they, the Israel children had uh, Pharaoh behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. Okay? So, so the Red Sea's in front of them. Pharaoh's behind them. We know that God pawned the Red Sea. They crossed, listen, on dry ground. Okay? They crossed over on dry ground. They watched Pharaoh's army get swallowed up by the Red Sea. They sang hymns of praise and gave God the glory. Okay, um, they, they, they watched this. Now, they watched God make a way out of nowhere. They were trapped between their, their enemy and a, and, and, a, and a river, and a, I mean, and a sea, and God made a way out of nowhere. They watched this happen. And then look what the text says. The text says, look what it says. Uh, they arrived around, um, they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving Egypt. So, they, listen, they were in captivity for 400 years. God delivered them, and then one month later, they start complaining. One month later, how long we been in a pandemic? I'm trapped in the house. I can't, I can't go nowhere. One month later, we complaining about God's protection. Oh, gosh. I didn't got time to deal with that. They start complaining. They start complaining to Moses and Aaron. And listen to what they said. They said, if only God had killed us back in Egypt. At least there we had food. You brought us all the way out here to starve us to death. Understand, that was conditional. They had, they had faith to believe God at one point, but now they're going through some hard times. They have conditional faith. Just because you face a wilderness doesn't mean that God it has forsaken you. The same God that delivered you out of the hands of the enemy is the same God that will, do, that will keep you in your wilderness. He's the same. Hallelujah. Can I give you a sidebar here? Somebody type in, yes, you can. Don't let your situation talk you out of your faith. Don't allow your situation, no matter what you're going through, you have to hold on to your faith. You have to believe and trust God even no matter what you're going through. Hallelujah. So my question to you is, what do you do when it appears that God is not showing up? 
What do you do when you don't get an instant answer for your situation? What do you do when your situation contradicts what you believe in God for? See, people of God, we have to hold on. We have to have even if faith and not only if faith. There's another story in the Bible. I'm not going to have you turn there. I just want to highlight it for you. In John chapter 6, Jesus is beginning to preach an unusual sermon. Now, he had all of these followers following him. He, he had all these people, disciples, the crowds. He started preaching this unusual sermon talking about uh, drinking his blood and eating his body. And the Bible says many of his disciples left him. Many of them abandoned him because of his preaching. He turned to his 12 and said, what are y'all going to do? Y'all going to leave too? And they, then Simon Peter stood up and said, Lord, where will we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. And we believe that you're the Holy One of God. Right? So, so what, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying to you is that my question to you is, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, what are you going to do when you don't like what you hear? Mm -hmm. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, what if you hear a word from God that you don't like, that you don't want to hear? Mm. See, see, that's the thing. This crowd, God, Jesus gave them a word that they want to hear, so they walked away. And so they can't, they can't build up their faith because the only way you're going to get faith is by the word. But what if the God says something in the word that you don't like? Are you still going to hear? Are you going to still allow that to build up your faith, even if it's something you didn't want to hear? See, the crowd will be around when you're saying the right things. That's all I got to do is talk about God going to turn it around for you. All you got to do is just trust him. He's going to bring you out. He's going to turn it around. So all I got to do is just talk about that. Jump around, turn around three times, and your blessings will be right there. If I'm saying that, then I'll get all the amens. But let me say God's going to challenge you and that you got to be put to a test. And that no one is promoted without a test. So there's a test as a part of your promotion. See, now I'm, I'm going to get too many amens on that. I'm going to get it from the walls and the, and the lights. Amen, lights and walls. See, because we have, again, feel-good faith, conditional faith. We only can believe God when it sounds good or when it feels good. But what if you're facing your furnace? Can you still have faith in God? My question to you, people of God, is can you have faith in the tough times? Can you have faith when things are falling apart? I know we can keep it real, but some of you are probably saying, God, why me? I've been serving you. I've been trying to live right. When church was open, I was going at least once a month. Hallelujah. I log in at least twice a month. God, I'm trying to do the right thing. But this thing is not working for me. And if this is a part of your plan, I don't like it. In these moments, people of God, your faith is being tested. And the question is, do you have only if faith or even if faith? Our confession need to be, God, even if I don't understand, I still trust you. Our confession need to be, God, even if I have to cry sometimes, I still trust you. God, even if it don't feel good, I still trust you. Even if they walk out on me, God, I still trust you. God, even if I don't know how it's going to pan out, I still trust you. Here's one. God, if you don't do anything else, you're still God, and that's enough. Hallelujah. My, my faith is not based on how I feel. I can follow even if I don't feel it. Hallelujah. I can follow God and trust God even if I can't see the way. Hallelujah. And we talked about this this week. When we did our Bible study, you have to understand, most people think that the opposite of faith is doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. 
Remember the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It also says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so understand if I can see it, I don't need faith for it. So sometimes I got to go through this thing just trusting God. God, I can't see the end of this thing. I don't know how this thing is going to work out, but I know that you are able and that you will do it. One of the things we need to do as people of God is endurance. It says here in Matthew 24, 13, you don't have to turn there. It says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Hallelujah. Another scripture that we know is very popular, Hebrew 12, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Look what it says here. We read this um, a couple months ago. It says, therefore, since we are all surrounded by a large crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run, listen, with endurance the race that God has set before us. So we need endurance. See, all the times we train for strength, but not endurance. See, we, we're going to have to be able to have some endurance to get through even this pandemic. We don't know how long this thing going to last. We need in faith that can endure some things. Amen. I can reflect back when I was a younger man, hallelujah, I was in the Marine Corps. Hallelujah. A real younger man, Hallelujah. And, and when I was in the Marine Corps, one of the things that was a part of what we had to do every week was run. We had to, we had to run, and we ran for miles. And, and one of the things that we used to do sometimes, we would run in our gear. That means running in boots and with your, your, your backpack and, and, and camouflage. And that's not as easy as running in, in tennis shoes and, and shorts. Amen. And so I, normally I was good for the first mile. But by the time we got to sec the second mile, I start feeling some pain. Hallelujah. But I, could, I had to endure the pain to get to the end of the thing. See, and, and, and so here's a secret. Here's a secret, people of God. Here, here, I'm going to give you a little secret here, okay? One of the things that will help you to endure your pain is when you open up your mouth and sing. When I was in the Marine Corps, whenever we start feeling pain, we start singing. We start singing a cadence. One person start off, lower right lay up. Everybody, lower right lay up. Left and right lay up. Everybody starts singing. And so now, because we're singing, it helps us get through our pain. It helps us to endure what we have to go through. And even now that I'm not in the Marine Corps, but even when I have to endure pain now, I still do, do the same thing. Lord, you are good. You've been so good. So when I face pain, I begin to open my mouth and give God the glory, and it helps me to endure my pain. Hallelujah. That's a little secret I just thrown in there real quick for you all to let you know that you have the strength to endure, but you got to use the tools you have to endure to the end. Hallelujah. Faith that can endure. Faith that trusts God all the way. Faith that can, that, 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 that can conquer anything. Hallelujah. That's the faith that we need in this season. And how did Jesus do this? We talked about this again, that Jesus was able to endure the cross because of the joy that was set before him. And so people of God, you need to set something in front of you that's going to help you to endure whatever you need to endure. Have faith that can get you to the end of this thing. Now let's close this thing out. Hallelujah. Hot and fresh. Holler at your boy. Amen. Let's, 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 go, let's go back to Daniel chapter 3. Let's read verses 19 through 30. Let me give you the end of this story. So now, let's recap real quick. Nebuchadnezzar has now stood and watched these three boys tell him to his face that they don't care what he do, they're not going to bow down to the statue. Okay? So let's read what Nebuchadnezzar's response was. We're in verse 19 of Daniel chapter 3. It says, Nebuchadnezzar 
was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that he faced, his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. And that was unnecessary. It's already a furnace. It's already going to burn him up. Why are you going to turn up the heat seven times? But I like that. The number seven is the number of completion. So he don't know what he was doing. He had no idea what he was doing when he did that. Hallelujah. He was turning that thing around for their favor. So look what he says. He commanded to turn up seven times hotter. Then he ordered some of his strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them to the blazing furnace. So look what happened. It was bad enough that he was going to put them in a fire, but then he bound them. See, that's what your enemy will do. He will try to bind you. Now, understand, too, we, we're going to read this in a second. He didn't bind them. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Let me just read it because this thing, this, thing, this thing blessed me. All right? Look what it says here. He had them bound, okay, and thrown in the furnace. Look, so they tied them up and threw them into the furnace. Look, fully dressed. He, he, he didn't have no time. Now, you understand, he did this on purpose. He realized if they have them closed, it will catch fire first. And now I have them bound. They won't be able to escape. They, they're in the furnace. How are they going to escape anyway? But he was so mad. He said, I'm going to make them be, I'm going to make sure they're tortured for not listening to me. So look what the text says. It says that they were fully dressed with their pants, their turbans, their robes, and, other, and outer garments, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers that threw the three in. And so that's what happened, people of God. What the enemy turned around, tried to do for your harm, God will turn that thing around for your good. The same ones that try to destroy you will be destroyed by what they try to destroy you with because that's the God that we serve. If we can have faith to believe him. Okay? Let's keep reading. So the, 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 they threw in, so Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, listen, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. Somebody say, but suddenly. Oh, have mercy. Type it in so I can make sure y'all with me. Say, but suddenly. Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors. He says, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? They respond like, yeah, your majesty. We, he said, yes, said, yes, amen. You know, I'm talking like I'm going to talk. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. He says, look. Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed. Hell, have mercy. Look what it says here. And it says, and the fourth looks like a god. Oh, have mercy. Give me a, give me a moment here. So understand what took place, people of God. They were thrown into the fire that was seven times hotter, bound, tied up. He looks into the fire. Now they're unbound. Mm -mm -mm. So the very thing you thought was going to destroy me actually untied me. So you, the fire you used to try to destroy me has now loosed me. Have mercy. So people of God, you got to trust God that even in your fire that is not designed to destroy you, but it's designed to loose you. So not only are they loose, they're walking around in the fire. Un unbothered by what they're going through. Have mercy. They're, they're not even concerned about what's going on, but they're not alone. It says a fourth one was in there with them. Now, let me explain what's going on here, people of God. The fourth one is what we call a Christophany. 
A Christophany is when Christ shows up in the Old Testament. There's several accounts of this when the Lord showed up. He showed up when he had to have a conversation with Abraham about Sodom and Gomorrah. It happens all throughout the scripture. So understand that Jesus was not uh, conceived. He's not, wasn't born um, when, when Mary um, had him in the New Testament. Understand what the scripture says. Unto us a child was born, but unto us a son was given. Okay, so Jesus pre predestines time. He is God. So understand that whenever you see this, this is the call that Christophanies when Christ shows up. So he's walking around with them in the fire. He's walking around. They understand when you go through your fire, you're not alone. God says, I I'm going to be with you to the end of time. So you're not alone even in your fire. Okay, let's keep reading what happened. Then Nebuchadnezzar came um, as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Listen to what he said. Servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Oh, now God is the Most High God. At first, you want everybody to bow down to your statue, but now you see who is the true and living God. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high, official, the high officers, officials, and governors and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire, listen, had not touched them. This is what the Bible says. Not a hair on their head was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. This thing blessed me. So you mean to tell me that I came out not even smelling like what I just went through? Have mercy. See, sometimes people of God, when you're going through things, you, people wear that thing out of, just like I told you last week, um, you take off your grave clothes, amen, take off your grave clothes and leave them there. Whatever, see, understand that they're no longer bound, they're free, and God brought them through that thing. Listen, not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothes are not scorched. And they don't even smell like what they went through. See, when you come out of this thing, people are going to say, oh, did you go through that? They're say, I can't even tell they went through nothing because I don't even smell like what I went through. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Look what it says here. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent an angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, good grace of life. Now he's changing his decree. At one decree it was, if you don't bow down to the statue I put up, then you're going to die. Now here's a new decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speech, or speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'll be torn from limb to limb and their house will be made into heaps of rubble. So now anybody talk about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, is going to be put to death and their house is going to be torn down. Listen to what he says. There is no other God who can rescue like this. He realized that they're serving the true and living God. And people of God, during this time, let me ask you a question. Do people know that your God is real because of what you are saying out of your mouth? See, 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 Nebuchadnezzar believed not only because of what God did, but these boys confessed it with their mouth. And they believed it in their heart. Do people around you know that your God is real because of what's coming out of your mouth? What is your faith in the front of your fiery furnace? Let's keep reading. It's not the end. Look what it says here. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to an even higher position in the providence of Babylon. So look what happened. When they spoke faith, because they was willing to speak faith in front of their furnace, 
God showed them favor in their furnace. I'm going to say it again. Because they were willing to speak faith in front of their furnace, God showed them favor in their furnace. So listen, because of their faith, God showed them favor. So not only did they come out with, 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 without a, 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 a scratch on them, but they also came out with a promotion. Have mercy. A promotion higher than what they were before. They just got a promotion. They just got one. Now they got a second one, and they got the king declaring that their God is the true and living God. Have mercy. So my question to you, people of God, is what do you say when you're in front of your fiery furnace? What is your confession? Are you speaking faith? Or are you speaking doubt? Is your faith conditional or unconditional? Does your faith have contingencies? Or can you say, God, even if? Even if, God, I don't understand. I still trust you. Even if. I can't explain it. I still trust you. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, God. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I trust you. God, I, I have no idea how long this thing is going to last. I don't know how my family's going to make it. But God, I trust you. My trust is not in government. It's not in man. It's in you. And I got to stand in front of my friends and say, no matter what they're trying to do to me, God, I'll never worship no one but you. Because you're the only one who deserves my worship. You're the only one who deserves my praise. And even though I'm facing this furnace, God, even though I'm facing this trial, facing this, this thing, my confession is still that you're still Lord. And even if you don't do anything else, you're still God. And because you're God, you're still worthy. So my question to you people of God is, have faith. My, my, my statement to you or my request to you is have faith while you're facing your furnace. Have faith. Not just faith in, in, in things, but faith in God. People have faith in the government. People have faith in a stimulus check. You can't have faith in those things. Those things will come and they will go. Have faith in God. He's, a, he's our source. Everything else around us are resources of our source. And so people of God, I want you to trust God. Even in this, trust God. And have some even in faith like the Hebrew boys did. Look, they came out like they, like they never went in and they came out with a promotion. And even while they were in their fire, God was with them in the fire. God will be with you no matter what you're facing. Just trust Him. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that we have examples in the word of faith. Father, allow our faith to be stronger in you. And when we can't figure it out God we need to just depend and trust on you God we need to turn to you first because you are our source of all things and Father we love you we give you glory in Jesus name and the people of God even in your home say amen come on give God a hand clap of praise hallelujah he's truly worthy to be praised hallelujah now listen if you're in your home and and you and you have never um, accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior I want to pray with you right now I want to pray with you right now because in this season, you, we, we all need a Savior, and we all need hope. 
We need peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He'll give it to you if you let him in your heart. And so I want to pray for you. If, if you're on this live, if you're watching by Periscope, and, and you have never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's your opportunity. Just say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I come to you as a sinner, realizing my own fault. But Father, today I want to make a change in my life. And Jesus, today, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. And I give you my life for the rest of my life. Jesus, come into my heart and receive me as your own. In Jesus' name, come on, give the Lord a hand, come on, praise for those who are receiving Christ today. Listen, if that was you, send us a message. Let us know that you received Christ today. We want to be an encouragement to you. We want to uh, celebrate your new birthday with you. Amen, because today you were born again. We want to celebrate it with you. So if that was you, please send us a message. Let us know that you were saved on today, okay? Now, I also want to pray for everyone. I'm going to pray for everyone right now. Let's go to God. Father, we thank you for keeping a hedge of protection around our families, God. We thank you that you're keeping from all hurt, harm, and danger. I speak life to your people, God. I declare and decree life unto your people. I declare they will live and not die in Jesus' name. I declare the, the, the grip of this virus have to take its hold off our community in Jesus' name. I declare, Father, that we will turn, this thing will turn around for our good. And God, you're going to give us a testimony of how we bind together in love, God, and you brought us out of this thing, hallelujah, without the smell of the smoke on us, God, in Jesus' name. I declare victory. I speak against depression. I speak against loneliness. I speak against lack in Jesus' name. I declare that your people are whole in Jesus' name. And by the power of God, I declare, people of God, that you will walk in victory. Come on, get a Lord hand clap of praise for victory in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Raymond Talk Podcast. Hope you join us next time.